You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. Welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markson. I'm the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And I hope more than that, that you feel good this morning, despite whatever celebrations you uh, underwent last night or um, early this morning, depending on what part of the world you were in, or early yesterday morning, depending on what part of the world you were in, because, I mean, it's not official yet, but Saints have done it. Saints have, uh, they've done it. They've stayed in the Premier League. They they beat Swansea away. Um, they left everything out there. It was, I think, an emotional kind of time for a lot of the players. You can see it. Uh, you can hear it in their voices as they, as Jack Stevens talked after the game with uh with the BBC and you can just, you can, you could see that this was important to them, that this, it really did mean something and whether it had meant something to them all year and they just hadn't been able to do it or whether somebody had to convince them that they believed again or whatever it is. Um, I don't know. It just really, really showed and it showed for the fans. Um, you can see the reactions online, especially, uh, on Twitter. If you were following along that just the nerves that people had, the, uh, the excitement when the goals went in, the excitement at the final whistle. Um, it really is uh, a good day. Yesterday was a very, very good day. And I think there was more positivity yesterday uh, than maybe even when we reached the cup final against Manchester United. And I think we're all just really, really happy with how it, it turned out, uh, with how the guys played, um, the result, the the fact that we're, you know, 99% likely now to, to stay up. It is all just a, a fantastic feeling. So um, this is the second episode of the week. Uh, so it's a little bit shorter. We don't normally do two, two episodes. It's normally just one longer episode, but I thought based on, you know, uh, the changes from Saturday to today that, that this was the best thing, the best way to go about it. So this is what you have. So I hope that you enjoy it. Uh, let me know if you don't like it, if you do like it, um, you know, we'll, you know, that's 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 what you can do to help me out uh, just a little bit. So on today's show, uh, what what happened was uh, uh, I took a couple of calls uh, on Speakpipe, which is the link I put out earlier, where you just kind of call in from your mobile phone or from your uh, any internet capable device, actually. So you can use your cell phone as long as you have the internet on it, uh, and you can uh, use your computer. You don't need a fancy microphone or anything. You just leave a voicemail, basically. Uh, I get the voicemail as, as, as a file that I can use. Um, and I put it in the show. It's kind of that easy. And, um, sometimes people call in and they say, Hey, I just wanted to leave you this, but please don't use it in the show. And that's okay too. I talk about it on the show, but I won't actually use it. Um, 
but you know, and sometimes people call in and then I get to use it on the phone so or on the show. So uh, feel free to always use that link. That link's always in the show notes. Uh, you can always do that. And I will be looking actually for people to do that um, after the Man City game this week. So um, after the end of the season, we'll take some calls. We'll have room for quite a few of those on the show because it is Mother's Day in the United States. Uh, so I would imagine that my time to sit down and actually uh, record a, a normal-ish episode uh, will be somewhat limited. So um, if you're interested, let me know and I'll get, I'll make sure you have the link and I will put the link out uh, when the time gets closer as well. But uh, if you want to make sure you have the link, let me know. I'll send the link over and uh, you can go ahead and get your, your thoughts in after the Man City game. Uh, no problem. So uh, we have a couple calls that we'll get to and then we'll get to my interview with Richard Carmen. Um, Richard runs uh, a couple of podcasts. He runs the Syria sit down. Uh, he also runs the Shaka, uh, podcast. Um, he writes for world, world football and a couple other places. And, uh, we don't talk as much about his writing in this one because, uh, I was on kind of a time limit. I was, uh, wrapping up my day at work. I was technically off the clock, but still have, uh, things going on, had to get home, all this stuff and, uh, recording midday, uh, is, is just a little bit weird. So, uh, hope that you understand. And also, um, we had, I had a few audio issues. I had a couple audio issues earlier in the week. Um, not quite resolved. So if you hear kind of some, like, um, sounds like parts of words are getting cut off that that's my fault. Um, and I'll, I'll fix it. Uh, I just wasn't able to fix it between, uh, the first episode of this week and, and this one. So, uh, still working on it and I apologize and I think I figured it out, but, uh, not before we recorded and I, I messed it all up. So anyway, I'm not going to complain because things are too good because the saints are staying in the premier league and they showed some really, really good character. I think that that is a word that Adam Blackmore used, um, when talking to, to Mark Hughes about, about the team. And I think that's right. I think that's something that we were missing for parts of the season. And, uh, it was really, really nice to see them show that, uh, over the past few games. And, um, this was the perfect time to have kind of our best run of form of the season. Um, left it a bit late, but, uh, you can really see what this means to people. Um, when you watch the kind of reactions from around the world, um, from whether you were watching at St. Mary's, uh, or you were in the stadium, um, in, in, in Swansea, uh, or you were watching in a bar in Australia or wherever you were, um, this match meant something to, to all of us. And it feels great just to be a part of that. Um, it is, it is truly a special thing. So, um, anyway, without kind of waiting too long for that, let's roll through some of the voicemails that we got, um, before we get to my interview with Richard. Uh, first up is Jamie Grant. He runs the Saints report on Instagram. Uh, here were his thoughts kind of right after the match. Absolutely unreal feeling. Um, so proud of Mark Hughes, Gabardini, the whole team. Um, yeah, we, unless we lose 10 nil or something. We are staying in this league. I'm so chuffed that we are going to be a Premier League team next season. Um, yeah. Come on, Saints. Get in there. So special thanks to Jamie for calling in and doing that. Uh, the second call that we're going to play is from a voice you will recognize. Um, you can probably even put a face with it if you were uh, absolutely trying. And it is Freddie from The Ugly Inside. Uh, so here was his phone call. I'm not sure where he was when he did it, but it sounds really, really nice. Uh, and I appreciate both Freddie and Jamie taking the time to do that. And uh, yeah, so here, here's, here's what Freddie had to say after the match. Hey, Matt, it's Freddie here. 
Wow. What a feeling. It wasn't pretty, but my God, we scraped it out. Doesn't care how we win, we had to win. We threw everything at it. Bednarek comes off with a little injury. He wants to play on, but Gabby Adini, he scores three goals all season. Not getting an inch from Pellegrino this season. Mark Hughes throws him on with every throw of the dice. It wasn't pretty. It knocks around the penalty box and he's there. Tucks it in. Who cares if it wasn't pretty? It's a goal. None the less. What a feeling. We needed that. We absolutely needed it. For the amount of luck that we've not had this season, from referee decisions to all kinds of things, we absolutely do some luck at this time of the season. We are most certainly staying up. We need a 10-goal swing. It's ours to lose now. All right. And uh, that does it for the phone calls that we're going to play on this episode. But once again, after the Man City uh, match, you can uh, leave a voicemail and get it on the show. That will be part of uh, a larger part of the show, hopefully, uh, depending on the number of calls that we get. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to, to hearing from you there. Um, yeah, so let's go ahead and get to my interview with Richard Carmen and talk for about a half hour. Like I said, he runs the Syria sit down in the shock of podcast. If you don't, uh, if you don't have a, a Syria podcast that you listen to, but you're interested, uh, he'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, and if you don't have a Bundesliga team that you'd like to root for, um, you know, I don't know how that works. I think people in the United States, sometimes we have uh, a team in each league almost, um, you know. I, I have an MLS team that I root for. Some people do, some people don't, I don't know. So, uh, but anyway, it was nice to talk to him and nice to talk to somebody who, um, manages more than one podcast, which I'm not sure how he does it. So, uh, anyway, I, I won't bore you with that, but here is my interview or my talk, my chat, uh, with Richard Carmen about, um, Saints wonderful, fantastic win, uh, over Swansea. And, you know, uh, as Freddie said, it wasn't necessarily the most beautiful thing, but, um, it really was because uh, it was a win and it was three points and it puts us clear of the drop zone. And it means that barring some freak of nature uh, kind of performance on Saturday or Sunday, I mean, uh, we're staying up. So uh, anyway, with all that being said, uh, let's get to the interview. And uh, anyway, I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're having a lovely day. Uh, enjoy the interview. Talk to you soon. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Richard Carmen. Uh, he is on Twitter, uh, and you can find a number of his podcasts and a lot of his writing uh, on there as well. He hosts the Syria Sit Down, uh, the Shaka Podcast. Uh, he writes for a number of outlets, and we're going to talk about all that. But most importantly, uh, we're going to talk about the victory over Swansea that happened just what an hour ago. Uh, is that is that right? Yeah, yeah, not too, not a little bit over an hour ago. How are you feeling about that right now? Like what, like what was your, have you come down at all from, from the feeling that you had uh, on the final whistle? It took me a while, but then I, I, I like just before we went on air, I just saw a video of uh, the, the team uh, surrounding Gabbiadini and, and singing and, and serenading him in the locker room. And I finally like came down after that, just watching that kind of relaxed me. So right now I'm relaxed, relieved most of all, uh, but happy ultimately. Yeah, I um, it was a bit of 
I was explaining to you before we started recording, kind of frustrating for me because like, this is, this is the one match, you know, this is such a big deal. Like I wanted to watch it. Like I almost took today off and I was, was denied that opportunity. And then I couldn't even like sneak away. Like I had it on my phone for a little bit. I had it on my laptop for a little bit. Um, finally about the time Gabby Adini, uh, scored, I was able to, uh, to, to put my just laptop on. I had to go in, in another room, but I was able to put my laptop on and just have this, the stereo, the, the sound going. So I, I heard it and I came running and I, <laughs> and then everybody looked at me as I yelled. So, um, it was, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure where I am, uh, kind of on, in terms of emotion and, and nerves and everything else. Makes a bag of everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you were on Twitter at R underscore Carmen and, uh, you host, a number of, of, of things. And I'd like to, to learn a little bit about those before we kind of jump into to the game. And this will give me an additional chance to kind of maybe uh, calm down a little bit. But um, <laughs> as somebody who hosts a podcast, I have no idea how you host too. Um, you're, you're crazy, but uh, let's, let's start with a serious sit down and just kind of explain to people uh, they don't know what it is, kind of what it is and, and, and what it's about. Well, first off, my wife would echo those sentiments. Uh, she calls me crazy for her, uh, having two podcasts and then going on like third and fourth ones uh, throughout the week. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, <laughs> so Serie A sit down. Yeah, it's um, basically it's a uh, way we call it is a recap of the Serie A, you know, for the weekend on steroids. Um, we basically go over every match, uh, talk about talking. We go over talking points of, of everything. And as, as you can imagine, with, with 10 games a week, it, the podcast can run long. It runs probably average about an hour and a half. Uh, so we talk about everything and everything in the, in the, in the, in the weekend from the games. any news, newsworthy uh, notes that we hear, whether it's um, something to do with the Italian national team or specific teams or trades or uh, whatever's in, whatever's in the news. So, and uh, then if it's champions league or Europa league, uh, any of those Italian teams are in there, uh, we talk about that as well. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an Italian uh, recap, heavy show on steroids. That, I mean, Serie A sit down sounds like you said, just a massive kind of undertaking. Um, yeah. I would, I would like to ask you more about that, but I'm sure the listeners don't want to hear about how you prep for that, but, uh, cause it doesn't really concern them, but like that, that just sounds crazy. Uh, now though, I mean, do you, do you do anything over the summer or you just kind of take a break from it completely? That's, that's kind of when we kind of uh, re-energize. You don't do as much. I mean, if there's a, something, some big news that goes on, we'll definitely talk about it. You know, we reach out like last year, there's a, uh, when, uh, Gigi Donnarumma, who's a 18 uh, year old starlet goalkeeper and from Milan uh, he he was talking about leaving the club blah 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 so we jumped on we had to jump on that right away uh, but so usually summers we take off uh, since Italy's not in the World Cup we're not gonna we're not gonna do anything during the World Cup um, so yeah we, we usually take it off and uh, we've been doing it now for two full seasons and we're going on to our third so uh it's getting bigger and bigger each episode, it seems. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun uh, for sure, but it takes a lot of time to do it. My wife can attest to that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have a co-host for that. Indeed. Indeed. And then, uh, in terms of the Shaka podcast, uh, what do you do that one on your own or do you have another co-host or how does, is it that similar setup or how does that work? Uh, no, no. Well, it's, uh, kind of a blend of that a little bit. Um, so it started out where, you know, I, I wanted to hear a podcast about Schalke and then I looked around and, you know, Bruce Dorman fans had one, uh, Cologne, Bayern had one. I was like, where's the Schalke one? I was like, you know what? I can create one. I got, I got, I got a little bit of free time at this, at this point. Uh, so, uh, this is actually <laughs> before I had a puppy. Uh, so then I, you know, I was like, at first I started it on my own and I was doing it and they were very short. I started out like 15 minutes long and then each episode would grow like a couple minutes and then. I put it out there on Twitter. I was like, hey, I'm looking for a co-host. If anyone out there is interested, in, I had some people come on, uh, and it was great, great fun. And then finally, I got it. there was a guy who said, I'm very interested in being a co-host. Uh, do you mind if I jump on? I said, do it. Let's do it. So we did the first episode. His first show was with a big derby between uh, Dortmund and Schalke. So 
it was a, it was a success and we just talk everything about the team and and go through each week uh, all the all the highs lows and uh, everything in between yeah yeah and, and am i am i correct in thinking that you guys are in the champions league spots now yeah they locked up champions league and the second spot over the rival dortmund so uh it's uh definitely a successful season when they you know the crazy thing is, is they picked up a manager who had really no experience as a manager uh he had like 11 games as a second division manager he really came out of you know the youth system of hoffenheim he was uh, like under 19 coaches uh and then so he's one of these last top managers that is very tactical and so they took a chance on him and he does a home run with him nice so. well, i know i know one of the other listeners to this this show uh lives in california dave lee he is a big big shaka fan so yeah i know dave lee well i don't know him but i we we know we follow each other on twitter and so yeah yeah, yeah. uh yeah so he's he's always talking to me and i was just like i, I kind of like dortmund uh i like watching dortmund i should say uh they're, they've been exciting over the past few years but i don't uh i won't claim to to, to be a fan uh, i just enjoy uh, Aubameyang just running at people, and that that was basically it. So <laughs> now that he's gone, I can I can get away from that. There you go. But let's let's focus on uh, the the really important stuff. Um, like you said, I I am I'm still just just nerves kind of everywhere, and I was nervous all the way up leading up to today because you know it, this was really it. This was the chance. If we didn't come away with three points here, it was really going to be uh, pretty doom and gloom. I think, and even now, it's not a hundred percent that we're staying up because it, there there are, there are scenarios that can happen, but. Um, just, just the kind of let off of, of being kind of safe in now is, it feels great uh, to me. I don't know if, if that's, I don't, I don't, I don't know if my, my feelings before the match are, are line up with how you felt or if you were able to kind of just kind of be keeping even keel all day or how are you feeling? Uh, I, I think I'm with, I'm with you. Uh, all Saints fans were like that, you know, it's a nervous wreck before the, before the game was, and then you go watching the watching the games and. Uh, you know, up and down emotions, and finally, you know, with a with a win, you feel a little bit, a little bit of relief, a little bit of reprieve. Uh, that the, you know, it's it's not assured for sure. You know, things can happen, like you said, but uh, it's it's looking like they're gonna stay up in the Premier League next year. So it's uh, ecstatic. That that's all I can all I can say. It was such a, a rush of uh, of emotion when when Gabby Dini finally did score, and like I said, I was uh I was across the the way a little bit and uh, came came running as I heard it, and oh man. But but let's let's kind of go back before that a little bit. Um, from the start of the match, uh, there were some, or even before, as the team went down, there were a couple of uh, I don't know, a couple of it, issues, I guess, with with the hotel and then with the police escort. And I don't know if you picked up on any of this or you saw any of this on Twitter. Uh, I heard a little bit of it, yeah, yeah. So I mean, turns out that uh, I guess the the hotel that the team was supposed to stay in, they said, oh, you can't stay here because of the. Uh, you know, there's a virus or something like that. And so they were forced to stay 40 miles away or something like that, which I guess in, in, in England equates to, you know, like driving from here to LA, which is like three and a half hours because it, I don't know what the roads are like, but, um, I've driven in England once and that's what, that's what it felt like. It felt like it took forever to get places, <laughs> but, um, you know, so, so they have this and they were supposed to have a police escort and that got canceled and everything else. And so just all of these things. And, you know, I think saints fans, I think we're protective of our team a little bit and with this potentially being, you know, in the hundreds of, of millions of pounds in terms of, of what this could be worth, uh, a win or a loss or staying up or whatever. Um, can't really fault, I guess, the Swansea, uh, the people, the Swansea supporters for doing everything they can to kind of uh, point things in their favor. But um, I don't know, I, does that stuff bother you at all? Or do you just kind of like, yeah, you just kind of brush it off and you just kind of got it. You still have to focus on the game. Uh, well, I, I brush it off because I'm kind of used to this. Uh, I know I've heard this, uh, the stories like this from like NHL playoffs and in, in, in history past where like, you know, Scotty Bowman for Detroit, the uh, manager or coach for the Detroit Red Wings, he used to do this all the time for the visiting team. They would paint the, you know, they'd paint the locker room just before the, they would come in so they'd get the fumes. Uh, they'd mess with the hotels, you know, pulling the alarms and stuff like that. So 
I'm used to hearing these kind of shenanigans between teams. Um, so it doesn't surprise me. So I kind of, I brush it off. Uh, how does a player do it? I don't know. Uh, especially, you know, night before a big game, you want to get that rest. You want to be, you know, you want to get some energy back. And it's hard to do that when all that stuff is there. But you kind of kind of put that aside and try to focus on, on, on the object at hand, which is, you know, getting a big win uh, the next game against Swansea. So uh, I, I, I assume they did that because uh, the boys did very well today. Yeah, and sometimes I think that Mark Hughes just has the players kind of focused. Like he he seems to be a no nonsense guy. So he comes out and you know people kind of get on him and say like, oh, you know, he he gets on the referees and does all this other stuff. But um, he seemed to uh, he seems to have the guys just dialed in and ready to go. And so uh, yeah, it's a mess. And I don't know if you read through the the Facebook reviews of of that Swansea hotel um, since since they did that to the players, but it was uh, there. Some of them are fairly comical, and depending on how much I drink <laughs> later and how much time I have, I may I may take a uh, I may take a walk back through there just to see what it was like. But uh, it's, send me a link; I'll do it with you. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, so I'm sure once they got to the stadium, they were locked in and ready to go. But uh, lineup wise, you had you had Stevens come in for Yoshida, who was suspended. Uh, Lamina not on the sheet; he, he the injury kept him out. Um, and one of the things that uh, Freddie from the Ugly Inside pointed out to me uh, right away was that there were no extra defenders on that bench at all. It was all attackers. And you know, Carrillo even made the bench today. Um, so, so when you saw that lineup, were you uh, what, were, what were your thoughts about about what was going on with that lineup? Well, I mean, like you said, there was no extra defenders on 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 the bench, especially with Yoshida getting the red card in the last game. I wasn't really too too scared about the defense because I was actually I'm very comfortable in the three back system. Uh, you know, not only with the Saints, but you know, with other teams around different leagues in the world. I I just love the three back defense because you got the two wingers that can come back and help with as a fifth uh, fifth defender. So in that respect, I wasn't I wasn't too worried. And then when I saw the rest of the lineup, how it shaped up, it was it looked attacking but it also looked like it could uh do well defensively it wouldn't it wouldn't leave you open for too many gaps uh where the other team could counterattack and, and get many chances against you so i, f- I felt com- pretty comfortable seeing the lineup but like you said if if in any injury would happen in the defense then what do you do and we kind of saw what happened uh, during the game when that happened yeah and and i think for me my only worry going into this was i you know swansea could have done with a draw you know oh, yeah. it wouldn't have been the greatest result for them but but they really needed not to lose and you worry you know, were they going to shut up shop and kind of force us to break them down? And, and if we try to do that with a back three or a back five, were we going to be able to to get that done? You know, who knows? But it, it looked for the most part, though, like Swansea were, were coming uh, for for Southampton. They In the first half, yeah. it seemed that uh, they they had the majority of the possession that they were uh, from the, the portions of the game that I was able to sneak, you know, uh, to the other tab on my browser, um, they were, uh, they seemed to be camping in our half for the most part. And so, uh, my kind of thoughts on how the game was going to play out were, weren't true. Um, but I, I, I do think that if, if we were going to be able to, uh, to counter them, you know, having guys like Redmond on the field, that, that, that's the guy you need because he's the guy he's, he provides some width, uh, maybe too much width in terms of, of kind of running uh, Bertrand out of room. <laughs> um, but, uh, he's going to support Austin and so will Tadich. And, and I think, you know, I think the game plan worked, worked brilliantly, um, because they got to halftime and it was, it was nil nil. And I think at that point, you know, you look at the substitutions, you look at what we have that, that Hughes's game plan is the, to then kind of go for it in the second half and I think that's what happened. Yeah, the, the big key with them was I know, you know it was open effort at at times in the first half where both teams were going at each other. But the, there's a particular moment where it was a, I think between the 35th and 40th minute where Swans were just all out attacking Saints, uh, putting nonstop pressure on them. And and the defense, did, you know, they stood up tall. Uh, the three back defense every time they they swung in the ball for a header, those three guys would just knock it out uh, from safety. So the the fact that they could hold it hold it tight for so much pressure on the, those, that five minute spell, I mean, why not at halftime say, hey, go for it? We know we can stop them. Let's let's go 
Villa try to get a goal here and, and uh, get the win. Going into halftime and coming out of halftime, looking at the second half, did you feel confident? Because we, I mean, we needed the three points. There was no, there was no, that draw wasn't really going to do us very much good. We had to, we had to get the win. So, th- did you feel like we could go and do that, or were you more kind of nervous about uh, about the the result? Both, really, uh, because if based on the, how the play was, yeah, uh, Swansea had more of the possession, but I thought the Saints looked looked better when they had possession of the ball. They were doing more things with the ball. They were more they were more direct and getting better opportunities uh, scoring wise. The one thing that did you know worry me was that you know though Charlie Austin was getting plenty of opportunities, his accuracy wasn't that great. He just kept shooting at Fabianski, and I'm thinking you know come on, we need to get a goal. You know, make him work for. It. Don't just give it to him right so he can catch it right in his hand without moving. Um, so that thing kind of worried me. And like you said, uh, Redmond, he was kind of too wide at times and wouldn't let Bertrand overlap him. We wouldn't we wouldn't see Bertrand really get effective until Redmond came off. So mm-hmm. um, I was a little worried. But then uh, as the game started opening up for for the Saints and after some substitutions, um, I started feeling okay. A goal. I felt like a goal was coming. You could you could see the team was was getting more into the attacking third and and creating better opportunities. And you know we, we saw what happened. Yeah, and so. Uh, I think, you know, a part of the reason that, that Ben Rack uh, had to come off was obviously, uh, you know, McCarthy kind of cold cocked him a little bit and uh, he was down on the ground and I, I didn't get, I didn't see it actually happen. I saw the replay of it and then I saw him kind of arguing with the, uh, you know, with, with the trainer saying, I'm fine, I'm fine. But um, ultimately that, that substitution, Gabby Dini comes on for Ben Rack, we go to a, to a back four. Um, you, immediately I start to worry if we go four four two because Gabby Dini goes up top. Does that mean you know, the last time I saw us play a four four two was at West Ham and it wasn't great? Um, you know, we we lost control of the, of the midfield and things like that. But um, like you said, it, once Gabby Dini came on and once we kind of made once Redmond came off and Long went on, all of a sudden it, it just seemed to to kind of open up a little bit and and, and flow a little bit more. And you know, Birchin started overlapping and things like that. And I thought it was just a a, a great kind of uh, a show of what we can do. There was a game plan there. Um, the time was kind of right for us to do it. And and the guys got forward and eventually, I mean, only one goal, but um, and as scrappy as it was, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. And uh, like I said, when I went to a four, four, two, I kind of felt, I felt confident because just because the way Bertrand and Cedric were playing both, uh, you know, on the attacking side, but also they were coming back into defense and helping out. So I felt that they would be there uh, to help out um, um, Hood and um, uh, Jack Stevens. So, you know, I, w- I was confident in that respect. And I, and like I said, I like the substitution that Hughes put in. Well, he didn't have much option. There was no defenders <laughs> put in, like you said. But you know, he brought in Long. Um, he brought in Gabbiadini, obviously. And then, you know, McQueen at, at, towards the end. Uh, so it was very attacky substitutions. And, and I just felt, you know, one of those one of those guys that he brought in were going were gonna to try to get a goal or be involved in some way that a goal would happen. And uh, lo and behold, you know, after the ball was pinballing around, um, Gabbiadini gets on the end of it like a poacher that he is. And he got, got that big, big goal for the Saints. Yeah. Um, I mean, that goal lifts us, you know, now I think up to, up to even with Huddersfield. Uh, so now we're level on points with them. Uh, Swansea can catch us, but the goal difference uh, looks to be in our favor uh, for, for very much of that. Um, and, and I mean, essentially barring some massive kind of letdown on, on sat on Sunday, we're safe. And uh, I think it means you kind of look back at the season and we're not going to review the whole season, but like you look back at the season and you, you just look at how poor we looked at times and how, how beaten down the fans were and the team was. And, you know, just this year has not been a a great fun kind of season. And the last kind of three games, it, it has, it has been even, even with, even with the draw at Everton, uh, on Saturday, the way the team played was great. Even losing to Chelsea three, two, 
Um, 80 minutes of that game were fantastic. Uh You know, it was, I know. And, and to be honest, like I wasn't sure that the team had the ability to kind of face up to what was coming and, and stand up to what was happening. And maybe that's the combination of Puel and Pellegrino and the way they managed and, and, and things like that. And, and how they set the team up and just how they addressed the team and how the team was kind of motivated, I guess, versus versus Mark Hughes coming in. And, and he's that kind of guy. He's going to stand up there and say, you know, I'll, I'll take it on the chin, but we're going to we're going to keep going forward. And and I think that has rubbed off on the guys more than just about anything else. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's like, kind of like we said, we're coming off of Saturday and Rebecca Lowe said it as well. You know, uh, after giving up such a late goal to Everton, you know, most most teams would react negatively towards that. And, and you know, they come out to the next game and, and play on their heels the whole time. But Southampton didn't do that. That, obviously even with the, with all the hotel problems that they had uh, they came out and they, and they were focused they had a they had a game plan in mind and they, and they attacked and that's the way to do it and you look at the the, the saints history they've, they've as of maybe the last 10 years or so they played attacking attractive football uh, and it seems to Pu- uh, with puel and and pellegrino they kind of went away from that uh it wasn't a fun fun style that we used to enjoy watching um and then when hughes came in uh you know bertrand kind of said it best after the game um you know, once he came in he kind of like you know Regrouped the guys and, and was positive about it, and then you know said we're gonna attack. This is this is our goal. This is what we're gonna do. And he got everybody's morale back up uh, to where what before it was so low with other two managers, and they were kind of playing kind of like they used to play back in the day, but it's it's not quite there yet. But you can see there's glimpses, and the guys are responding to Hughes, which is most important because you saw the last you know the last month or so that they're getting the results, and they're um, now they're fairly you know pretty much clear. I mean maybe I read the 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 table wrong but you know yes we're tied with Huddersfield but we have a much better goal differential and unless um, you know Swansea or, or, or Huddersfield overcome that eight nine goal gap it's pretty safe to say you know crazy things have happened I I've, I know that but uh, it's, it's it's fair to assume that you know uh, we're looking at Premier League next season which is, is which is great because uh, I think Southampton belongs and they can definitely play with teams that are in the Premier League right now and uh, hopefully they play a much better more attractive football next season. Yeah, yeah, and and we are going to definitely have some work to do in terms of what what the team looks like and things like that. But that's that's for us to address later. I want to kind of stay <laughs> in in the moment, kind of here if we can. Um, so just kind of looking at at the kind of points we picked up. That's that's six, seven, uh, seven points from our last three games, right? I mean that. Yeah. That's is that the best run we've had all season? I I think so. And this is the best form by far. Yeah. And I mean. To, to do it now, to leave it so late, I can't even explain to you like what, what, it, what it felt like. Because I thought kind of at the end of March, like that was it. That, that was our run where we played, we played yeah. just some teams that were well. down towards the bottom. And then, and then to look at it and then to have that to be to Chelsea, I was just like, oh, this is it. Like we are, we are done. Yep. And I thought was more, the majority of this conversation might be how, how are we going to, what channels do we watch and, and can we split the package so we don't have to pay for the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> but... I guess, you know, to me, I think one of the things that you, you mentioned about the team was the three young center backs kind of stood up and, and you know, were there today and, and played really well, yeah. in, even up until Benarak went off. And then as the back four, uh, as Swansea were pushing, they, they, they stood up to the task. Anybody else, I, I think, uh, or off, off the top of your head, kind of, uh, deserve maybe some individual praise based on their performance today? Um, Hoiberg, Hoiberg uh, I thought he played very well defensively and offensively. He was a good link between the defense and the attack. Um, I was very impressed with him for sure in this game. Uh, Romeo, you know, he didn't he didn't make any big mistakes in this one, and so which is a good thing because uh, uh, if, if a, a player in his position you know, is making mistakes, you're going to hear his name a lot more often. Um, and you didn't hear that really. You saw him there all the time, stopping plays and, and getting the ball out. So that, that, that was very impressive. Uh, 
Cedric and, and Bertrand, they kept trying. They, they started out slowly, uh, but they, they started, you know, coming into the game, and, and, and Cedric had a great cross to to Austin late in the, uh, I guess, on the 60th minute or so that um, that Austin nearly scored on. So he was getting better throughout the game. And ultimately, I thought Dusan Tadic uh, played very well. Uh, he was a good, uh, I guess, talisman. He was, he was pulling the strings in the attack and then trying to set up plays. And then you could see even after the game how he was leading everybody away and and and, and celebrations and stuff and it, it is a good team effort and obviously you know McCarthy you can't say much about enough about him he uh he was just outstanding once again those back-to-back weeks with with top drawer saves yeah absolutely absolutely and he he has been great and I know some of the other guys were talking about uh you know potential player of the season uh things like that yeah yeah kind of weird to vote for a guy who's only played you know fewer than half the games but He's been so good and so vital down this stretch that it's hard to to, to say no. And I, and I actually kind of looked up the stats on him, and the stats on him and Forster are pretty similar. Like they're in terms of the saves they make for for goals a lot and everything else. And and I'm not a, a goalkeeping expert. I'm not a goalkeeper. I'm not a stats expert. So like me trying to look at a goalkeeper's stats are probably not a great combination. But like um, I think that that above all the stats, he he is doing something back there, even with that young back line. Uh, to to kind of make sure that we get the points that we get, and and when in that moment where you need that one big save, he seems to 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 do that most weeks. Yeah, absolutely, and, it, and it's more evident in the last two weeks how you know and you know Saints needed those those uh, you know those points at three points at each of those games, and he stood up to every time making saves. I mean, he's making world class saves. You watch these replays over again. Maybe during live play, you're like, okay, that's a great save. But if you watch replay, how great these shots were. Like today, uh, Jordan Ayu had a beautiful shot in the top corner and somehow McCarthy, he, he, he jumped up and got it with his hand. And then later on, uh, Abraham got a, a header that was destined for the for the off the post and in and he, he saved it over the bar. So um, he, he makes it, like you said, big saves in the opportune times. And he, he kind of, when he makes these saves, you can see the defense and, and the whole team just rises up with with him and they they get they feed off of him um you can't say enough about this guy uh let me let me put it this way i'm a big fraser forrester guy and when he came in mccarthy took over I, I was like ah but he's won me over i mean how can he not just look what he's done every week that he's played he's getting better and better um so she's yeah, yeah this guy's great i i was a big fraser forrester fan as well um and it took me a long time to kind of say like i, I think i think somebody else has to come in and uh, had to be give credit uh, to Pellegrino because he he made the right call at, at that point. Like he finally giving him the chance, I think uh, w- was was wonderful, and he's taken the most or made the most of it. And, uh, and kind of looking back at, at his his career, he doesn't he doesn't have a whole lot of first team opportunity in the top flight of English football, and so for him to kind of get this run now, uh, I think has been has been great. But um, now I I guess looking forward uh, to Sunday. What's the game plan there? Is it go out and have a good performance? And, and if you lose one nothing, so what? Uh, if you lose two nothing, so what? Uh, or do you go out and just go like we can't lose four nil, so we're just gonna park the bus and defending against Man City for ninety minutes? Or what? What's what's your approach for for Sunday? Uh, it's a combination of the two. You want to be tactical with this. You want to be smart. Don't don't leave yourself wide open in the bag because Man City can tear you and anybody else apart. Um, and there was a close game earlier in the season between the two uh, where Man City scored a late goal. But you gotta you gotta play. You can't be afraid of them because um, if you play afraid, they're gonna tear you apart. They're gonna find a way to tear you apart. Uh, that's just how Pep Guardiola is, is structured. He can. He can find ways to pick teams apart, especially when they play defensive. Um, so you got you got to you know make sure you play smart and tactically defensively, and then try to get them on the counter. Uh, use your speed. I mean, Long and Redmond probably be very good in this game just because you use your speed in the game and, and try to beat them on the counter. Uh, try to get a goal that way, and you know keep it close. Uh, if you lose one or two nothing, that's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, but you lose four nothing, five nothing. 
something like that, um, give them a, a celebration to you know to go off with. It's not going to look good because uh, who knows what can happen in the other games, and we don't want right. to risk that. Right. Yeah. I I agree. I agree. And and you just hope you know for so long the guys like the team that like, kind of didn't didn't quite turn turn the key or turn the switch or flip the switch or whatever whatever the cliche is like they just didn't quite get started most games it seemed. And you wonder, have we built up to the point now where, you know, we're almost clear and, and now, you know, the, that let off that I was feeling earlier after the game, like, do they have that? Do they not show up on Sunday? Uh, it worries me a little bit, but yeah, well, absolutely. I think, uh, I don't know, I'm just going to keep reminding myself that no, no, they're going to do it and they're going to, they're going to go out and put in a performance and it, it, the, the result almost doesn't matter as much. It's just go out, show yourselves one more time. Um, this will be the last time we see some of these players. Um, you what know, would Mark Hughes say? <laughs> put your, put your head down and go work. Like that's what he's going to say. Go. <laughs> um, but I mean, I mean, you, you kind of think like this, that we saw Gabby Dini tonight and I'm going back to the game a little bit, but like that might be the last time he kicks the ball for Southampton. Like that might be it. If, if the rumors are to be believed and um, hopefully he gets a chance to get on the field on, uh, or on the pitch on, on Sunday and kind of show himself one more time. And I don't know, like I, I think for me watching on Sunday, I'm just going to be, kind of trying to take it all in, trying to, you know, embrace, like realize how close we were to being with this and then having to go yeah. down to the championship and, and kind of, but also I want to see the guys kind of get after a little bit still. Yeah. You want to see who's going to be able to bring it, uh, bring it on for the next season um, and on a, end the season on a good note, uh, make sure you don't get relegated uh, by, by having a bad defeat, but you know, so you got to play well. And if, if, if you, if this is the one who's going to stay, you look good for him. Uh, give the season on a good, he remembers that those kind of things. I, uh, Last thing you want to do, have you know, Hughes or manager next season, you know, look at that last game and say, well, that guy didn't care about it. You know, they still had something to play for, and they, they didn't give any of the effort for it. Why am I going to start him or put him in the rotation, keep him on the bill? Um, it's the best thing to do is just go out there hard, like you said, and, and hope for the best uh, with the results. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, are, any, any other thoughts on, on the team or on the match or, or uh, anything else before we kind of wrap this one up? I realize that if people are wondering why it's, it's a bit shorter than normal, it's because it's the second one in a week and um, you got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I, I, I gave credit to the guys uh, and for Hughes for, you know, coming off that, that, that tough, tough draw against Everton. Uh, they had a big game of hand. This is basically a cup final for both teams, really, Swansea and Southampton. And uh, both teams, they performed. They, they both attacked. Uh, it was attractive football. Um, yeah, it was a little, you know, we were expecting to be a defensive game, but it wasn't. And uh, ultimately, you know, the scoreline does show that. Uh, I thought the boys did great, and I'm just proud of what they did um, and the fact that they got a win. That that was huge. Uh, I know they had a good record against Swansea on, away, uh, but still, it, you, can't, you can't base it on the past. you got to live in the moment. And right. Southampton, they did that. So uh, I'm just proud of the guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, Richard, I want to thank you for taking the time to to join me. And I know we were kind of trying to schedule this for a while, and I'm glad we kind of got it in. Even it is if it is the abbreviated <laughs> version, uh, we'll we'll make sure we get back to this uh, next year with, for a, a full length kind of yeah, baby uh, steps, right? Sit baby down, steps. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, as a guy who also records a podcast normally on a Sunday, um, the time is limited, so um, people can get in touch with you on Twitter at r underscore Carmen. It's K H A. R-M-A-N, and it's in the show notes as well as all the links to uh, your podcast and uh, some of your writing as well. I'm sorry we didn't, we didn't talk as much about that. We'll, we'll get to that um, next time. We'll put the link to your some of your writing in there as well. So uh, if people are interested, they can go check that out. And if you don't have a German football team, you want to at least follow along with one, you can do it via podcast, uh, nice and easy. Um, and anybody interested in Italian football, they have the, the Serie A sit-down. So um, 
anyway, uh, thank you for, for joining me and, uh, and enjoy the rest of, of your evening. It's getting a bit later there. I'm, I'm still, it's still plenty sunny out here. So I still have, uh, some, some life to live, uh, for the rest of the day. I'm jealous. <laughs> uh, not, not when I was at work the whole match though. I think <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. that does it for episode 70 of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you enjoyed it. And once again, what a feeling it is. Premier League football for another season, barring some catastrophic uh, event at the weekend, in which case next week's episode will be a complete and utter meltdown. But I'm hoping to avoid that. Uh, and just to, to really right now just enjoy uh, this feeling of uh, kind of euphoria that came with it. Uh, I jokingly told Richard uh, when we were not recording uh, that after the game, I kind of just wanted to cuddle. Then I said I wasn't going to say that on, on air, and now I have. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, as always, this podcast was partnered with The Saints Report for all your Southampton FC news and needs. Be sure to visit The Saints Report. Uh, check them out on Instagram. It's a fantastic page. Uh, everything from news, team news, rumors, all that stuff, it's all there. Check it out. The links are in the show notes. Um, the artwork for the show is done by the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Matt, who runs the page, has been a huge help to this show. He's been around since the very beginning. He's been a guest. Uh, he does a fantastic job, so be sure to do that. Um, my guest, Richard Carmen, he writes for a number of outlets. Uh, be sure to check out his podcast. They are all down there. Uh, as well as his Twitter handle. Uh, easy to get a hold of. Fantastic guy to talk to. He will be back. Uh, and it was a pleasure to talk to him today. The music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. The song you're listening to now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. As I mentioned before, uh, we will be doing a special kind of call-in show on Sunday. Uh, you can call in, leave your voicemails, uh, and they will make it on the show. I'll get your reactions to the season, kind of whatever stood out. Uh, don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Uh, it's just a way to have a little bit of fun. And if everything works out next week, we'll have a special episode. Uh, we'll talk to you more about that when it shows up in your feed or maybe uh, via some tweets or Instagram messages or whatever. Uh, but stay tuned. Uh, stay looking at the feed uh, for something hopefully special unless it falls through and then you know nothing will happen with all that said i'm sure i'm forgetting something but uh we'll get it next time and uh until then remember that together we march on